Hello, and welcome to today's episode of The Things Nobody Tells You. Look, I don't want to hear it. Has this week been a mess with the podcast? Yes. Now, if you were with me during this week, you would understand why this podcast has been a mess this week, and it is 100% the fault of who should take responsibility. Um... It's a 50-50 split between the universe and me, okay? That's who's to blame for your lack of podcast content, and I don't want to hear it. I'm really sorry. Um, I'm really sorry. I know there's a lot of people messaging me being like, I missed, like, where are the episodes? And I'm like, I understand you guys are now relying on them to feel better about your lives because I go unhinged, uh, unhinged, but um, I'm really sorry. I, I've, I've made mistakes in my life and this week was one of them. When I tell you <laughs> I'm unwell, I'm, I'm a, I mean, I don't know if we can officially give me like a stamp that says that I am unwell uh, medically, mentally, physically, spiritually, um, astrologically, all of them. I'm unwell. So um, I just want everyone to know also my co-host, Karma Cornelia, um, a.k.a. a cat, is right next to me. And she will interrupt because she's been very clingy this week. And that's just, yeah, that's how she feels. And she will let her feelings be known. Also, you guys, like, I'm going to level with you. Like, I've had a lot of issues this week. All right, I've had issues. Hold on. Hold on. I need some caffeine. Oh my God, there's nothing like coffee. I swear to God, if a coffee, if like a good coffee place would like to sponsor the podcast, I'm telling you, I will pimp you out so much. Not because I want free coffee, but because I'm like, I just believe in coffee. I just believe in it. I just believe in it. I just believe that it can just delight us in the worst of moments. Also, if you have too much of it, it can make you sick. So I like everything. There's a double-edged sword. That sums about my that sums up my week. Anyway, moving forward, you guys, what's in the news? What's been happening? Let me just tell you, like, things are not looking great, but at the same time, not much is happening. Like, I don't like to do the big crazy headlines. Like, Princess Kate in the hospital for abdominal surgery. Like, hope she feels better. Like, how are people expanding on this? I'm like, she's in the hospital. She's having surgery. Like, leave her be. Like, I don't understand. Everyone's like, oh, my goodness, this happened or this happened with politics. We are never going to cover politics on this podcast unless there's, like, some goss. Like, somebody's having an affair. (laughs) Like, like something good. You know what I mean? Like, there's something for us to sink our teeth into. I'm never going to get political because I wouldn't know how to if I wanted to. (laughs) That's just the truth. That's the truth. And I feel like that's a majority of millennials. And so we're just like, yeah, like, do we really care? And the answer is we don't know how to, even if we wanted to, like no one explained politics to us growing up. So we don't know how. So that being said, our first subject is Lizzie McGuire. And I hope everyone listening knows what that is. If you don't, can you Google it? I swear, I swear you do because I can see my demographics. I swear, you know what Lizzie McGuire is. Lizzie McGuire played by Hilary Duff TV show. When I was growing up, Lizzie McGuire movie, an infamous, infamous movie this is what dreams are made of 
I spoofed it multiple times on TikTok on a secret account that no one will ever find and that never got popular. And I honestly, I sometimes I think about how do I scrub that from the internet because there were serious moments. (laughs) There were some really funny things I did on the internet. Like, (laughs) like I was singing this. Maybe I'll post them to my TikTok stories today. I'm going to do that. I'm going to go find them and post them. They're really funny. really funny oh my god okay um hillary duff here's the news a writer for the show because they were doing a lizzie mcguire reboot and hillary duff came out i think it was like three years ago it it was was it pre-covid or was it after covid was three years ago when was three years ago can anyone do any math here no no one um it's 2024 three years ago would have put us in COVID. Were they trying to shoot during COVID? I don't know. Um, I think they tried to shoot and then COVID shut them down. Don't quote me on that. I don't remember. Time is so fuzzy. From like 2019 onwards, I feel like I have no concept of time. Um, so basically, a writer went on the internet and was basically for the re- reboot and told us what the reboot would have been because the reboot got canceled. And when I'm telling you, there was one thing, one thing I was holding on to through the mess that was 2019 onwards. It was the Lizzie McGuire reboot. One thing, I had a dead fiance. I had I had a worldwide pandemic that I was dealing with because I got a family in one country and I'm in another. Okay, I was I I've got other issues, you know. I ran into my ex-boyfriend at my gynecologist's office. Like I had issues. And if there was one thing I was holding on to. It was the fact that there was going to be a Lizzie McGuire reboot. And you know what I didn't get? A Lizzie McGuire reboot. And when I tell you, no one will ever, if I can ever have one famous guest on this podcast, I'm going to say this so openly, it will be Lizzie McGuire herself. It will be Hillary, Hillary Duff, Hillary Tallulah Duff, because I don't know her middle name. And she will come on this podcast. I, Hillary, if you're listening. Hillary, I love you. And we once um, were in the same place at the same time and I didn't see you. I found out later on social media and it's my it's my the best moment of my life so far. So I love you. Um, You can do no wrong in my eyes and you are the champion of my heart. And I just feel like you are the future. Of the world. (laughs) Okay, no one could speak more kindly about Hillary Duff than I can. I just feel like she's been through so much and she's just come out the other end with this beautiful, chaotic life that I'm here for. But it's like chaotic in a good way. Like she's got so many kids, she doesn't know what to do with them. I feel like she's she's pregnant again now. I'm like, I'm here for this. I love her husband, Matthew. He's such a vibe. Like they're so cute together. They're, their whole situation, I'm here for it. Hillary Duff is a queen and I'm here for the queen. I support our queen. She is the American monarchy, Hillary Duff. So that's beautiful. Hillary Duff, if you want to come on the podcast, please know that you can come on any episode you wish and talk about anything you want. And I will continue to DM you. I have sent many DMs to Hillary Duff. I'm going to say that publicly right now. Um, It just sporadically, whenever I have a thought, like I'll just let her know, like, 
loved your outfit, babe. Like you're popping off. Like get it. Like, and then there was one time I invited her to my best friend's birthday party and she never got back to me. Have we talked about the time when I sent Vanessa Hudgens a DM telling her that my best friend is her best biggest fan and that she should go follow her? She never did. So that was a bummer for me and Ange. But, you know, whatever. We we live and we learn. And Vanessa Hudgens, you're also always welcome on the podcast. You're a vibe, too. You're probably part of the, the monarchy, the American monarchy. You're probably like a princess or like a like a lady and like like how they have the positions like lady such and such, like a lady Vanessa Hudgens, you know. I'm sorry. Hillary Duff is queen Hillary Duff and I can't like I'm not in charge of like the roles in the royal family doesn't mean you're less than just means you got a different title you serve a different role so that's a vibe anyway um yeah they this writer went on and I you know what's interesting like I've worked in the entertainment industry for a long time am I surprised that this writer could publicly go on the internet and talk about this so candidly yes um unfortunately that definitely means that this that this reboot is very dead in the water because um, it means it's not happening. It means it's not happening. It means because otherwise network would never allow this to happen. Like ever. They would contain it to the utmost. Like this would have been huge. Like this would have been one of the biggest reboots I think you've ever seen. Like I don't think you understand how much Lizzie McGuire was like I don't know how big it was. It was massive. The nostalgia would have like they could have. Yeah, no, the press for this would have been wild. So anyway, that unfortunately, this definitely means like it's not happening. It's dead, dead, dead in the water, or at least the way they were going to do it is is not that storyline will never see the light of day, which is such a bummer because I know they started filming it. Um, and I believe it was an issue Am I remembering this right? The reason it was canceled was a problem with the showrunner. Like just the creativity behind the running of the show wasn't wasn't being well executed from my to my knowledge, but I don't think it was ever publicly said why. But I will say like Hillary Duff has been asked a lot about it and all I am going to say is it's a bummer that this storyline never happened. They were talking about how Hillary was going to be an interior designer. This would have been the storyline. Lizzie McGuire would have been an interior designer in New York City. Um, had a like fancy chef boyfriend. Finds out he's cheating on her. And so she moves back to her hometown in the original house with her mom and dad. And that's the, that's the concept of the reboot. And I love that. Like, I think that's great. I think that's an amazing concept and apparently yeah it didn't work out um, I also think there's a million ways you could slice that cake with a reboot for for Lizzie McGuire I feel like those characters were very iconic and very well done like the the brother the supporting characters the mom the dad like everything was very well created it really was one of those shows where yes it was a quote-unquote kids teen tv show but it was it was really well done and the actors were very good and it wasn't it didn't really like I could honestly rewatch it now as an adult and be somewhat entertained honestly like I might redo I need to go watch Lizzie McGuire that's what I need to do anyway a writer revealed the storyline of it and I just feel dead inside because I feel like now it's never happening Hillary Duff if you want to shoot a reboot to Lizzie McGuire in my apartment I'm sure they'll give you the rights like we can just shoot it ourselves 
Um, I have an iPhone um, and a ring light. So you let me know. Okay. And we'll just, we'll get it going. I can play all of the supporting characters. I have a bunch of wigs. I can do a bunch of voices and accents. I feel like with you and me, and then my cat can make a cameo. Nothing can stop us. Did I talk about Lizzie McGuire for 12 minutes? Yes. However, now we're getting, we're, we're, we're working our way through Hollywood royalty. Selena Gomez talking about like millennials nostalgia. Selena Gomez just officially announced, confirmed today that she and David Henry, who both played, who played siblings in Wizards of Waverly Place, they're doing um, a Wizards of Waverly Place sequel. I think that means the movie. I don't know. But if they can make it like more adult, like I think this would be an incredibly successful show because there hasn't really been a show with a premise like that before that's fallen into like the sitcom space. And there's just nothing. Here's the thing. The reason why we keep doing reboots is because otherwise we're copycatting. Every storyline has been done to a certain degree. So everything is a remake in some way of something, right? So when you reboot it, you save yourself the problem of having to steer away from, oh, it's too much like this show. Oh, it's too much like this show, which is why networks will actually decline pilots. Like, or once they even shoot the pilot and maybe get greenlit for like, the way it works is basically like you do the pilot then you get greenlit by whoever is producing it for a certain amount of episodes. You film those episodes. Then those episodes go back to network and then they decide if they want to air it. They, they might even test it in front of like they do all kinds of things if they're unsure. So then they go back and I have been in a number of those that have never seen the light of day. Like we filmed them. I mean, especially years ago, I did a bunch of these. We filmed them. And then they're just sitting on the shelves of a network studio lot somewhere. Like they'll never see the light of day because they just weren't greenlit. And I would speak to so many people, This is especially like we're talking eight, eight years ago. I would talk to so many producers, people who worked in network, who were in charge of making these decisions and just like talking to them casually. And they would be like, honestly, like a lot of the fallback has to do with one money. And two, it has a lot to do with if it's too similar to something that's already airing, if it's too similar to like another actors, like one of the actors that they're in contract with to do because actors will sign on to a network and they have to do X amount of projects with that network. It's very weird how that can work. And so they would have to, you know, really make these decisions based on like their contracts and where they're going that that season especially during pilot season, once everything is, is being made, like what then airs is different to what's being made. Like the, the pilots that will be made are not the pilots that will air. It's, it's so weird how it works because in a way you're filming something and putting money into something and then you're losing the money on that because it you didn't ever air. So you're not making any money. Anyway, it was a whole thing. Um, but yeah, so Selena Gomez, it's set. It's it. This is being reported by Deadline. I didn't see anything she posted, but it's being reported by Deadline that she and David Henry will reprise their roles as 
their characters in the Wizards of Waverly Place for a sequel. So stay tuned because I'm excited for that. I will watch that. Again, this is a very millennial episode. I'm sorry if you're like, who the heck is the, what is this? I'm really sorry. This is a millennial episode. I apologize. I apologize. Now I'm going to get into, like, guys, the news wasn't giving in the last, like, I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't giving me inspiration. I didn't want to cover any of, like, the mainstream headlines. I wasn't interested. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to talk about the Princess of Wales. I didn't want to talk about, like, I didn't. I, and none of it, it was all, like, I just was bored. Like, I was bored by, like, the hot takes. So this is what I picked. This is something I want to talk about. Okay, so uh, if you don't know who, we're moving on to a new subject, if I didn't make that clear. Hold on, caffeine hit. Mm-mm-mm. You guys. Okay, moving on to a new subject. If you don't follow the Bravo space of Vanderpump rules, I would encourage you if you somewhat like drama, if you somewhat like looking back on like the 2010s, 2012s, 2015s of everything and enjoy just watching like old fashioned 20 something drama unfold that just gives go start Vanderpump rules from the start and give it a whirl like I really am an advocate for it is some of the best TV that's ever been produced in the reality TV space and I've seen quite a few reality TV shows it it really is iconic because these people are iconic one of the characters I want to oh by the way if you aren't a Stassi Schroeder fan she was on Vanderpump Rules for a while she also very publicly was canceled for things that she did or said or however it went down I wasn't really paying attention during that time I wasn't really paying attention I feel like that was COVID times I really didn't pay attention much to that but I know she got canceled because she wrote about it in her book anyway she is iconic she is her style her vibe the whole thing so if you're not listening to her podcast you should she is two but the one that I would recommend is called straight up with Stassi And she has several different types of episodes under her podcast, kind of like how I do. And she does some, she has some really cool guests. So if you're looking for a podcast recommendation in the Bravo space, I want to be clear about that. That is not like gossip. It's like talking to people, talking about things. Straight up with Stassi is a good, is a good one. I don't know if you're looking for, if you would like a podcast recommendation, that's like the best thing you'll ever listen to. And just a giggle, you need to go to listen to absolutely not with Heather McMahon. I love Heather McMahon. You know, she is a comedian. She is an actress. She's a legend. And I feel like she's a prime example of someone who knows how to giggle and not make fun of other people for it. Like not, not essentially bully other people and I think it's really hard to be a stand-up comedian these days and be good at it so especially as a female so all I'm saying is if you want to listen to a great podcast and she's had her podcast for a minute now she's with Dear Media love Dear Media they're a, they're a podcast production company um go listen to absolutely not it's great I love it it's she's oops she's a great example of someone who can do a podcast all by herself and it's continuously hilarious so there you go. There's some podcast recommendations that was not planned. I was, This is the segue. So basically, I listened to a podcast that I wouldn't recommend. Um, and that's just a personal preference. That's not me coming for anyone. And the podcast is called Rachel Goes Rogue. And I wouldn't recommend it. It's really not giving. But it is making some headlines. And I'll tell you why. 
in the Vanderpump Rules space, the big drama that was last season was called Scandaval. And that was where Tom Sandoval had an affair with his partner's best friend, Rachel Levis. And they lied about it. They kept it a secret. Other people were involved in helping keep it a secret. That's new news that just came out. Whole thing. Um, his partner dumped him, then went on to, her name is Ariana Maddox, has then gone on. She's going to be on Broadway. Like, she's crushing it. She's living her best life now that she's not attached to him. And I think it really does show, once you are no longer in a relationship that is holding, like, her entire life has changed. Like, I think that should be the story that makes headlines here, is this woman was cheated on by her best friend, someone she advocated for, who was being honestly like acting like a silly little girl half the season, like doing so many weird things that it's just like you're crying over nothing. Get your shit together and focus on the real world and, you you, you know, stop projecting onto everyone. And was such a supporter for this girl. She looked at her like she just needed support. She needed help. It didn't matter the reasons why. And she went and had an affair with her life partner. They owned a home together. Side note, Ariana is now taking, is like suing him. I th- I think, I think this was reported that she is suing him because he refuses to sell the home and she wants to sell the home. So anyway, but she is just a prime example of someone who it's like, once you are out of the deadbeat relationship, the thing holding you back, the thing that is stopping you succeed, like energy is so important in what's directly around us in terms of our success, our careers, enjoying our days. Like our job is not the only thing we need to focus on in our daily life. And she's a prime example of, yes, she no longer was chained to someone who was making her feel like less than or shit or whatever. I'm not going to speak for her, but you could just tell in the last few seasons, she's just like not known her purpose and just kind of been like, you can tell she's just someone who's so talented and wants to succeed. And finally, it was it was like she got her groove back, but then also became like a brand new version of herself who maybe she was always meant to be. I also think this is a prime example of if you're if you're cheated on once, you will be cheated on again because he did cheat on her. And I feel like also if you start a relationship with cheating, it will most likely end in cheating. Here's my thing. If someone was ever to cheat on me, the trust I've established, I think I would always be paranoid about. And that's not to say like if he's cheated, you guys can't figure it out. Every situation is different. For me, I have such, it's just who I am. I feel like I don't trust people very easily. And if that trust was broken like that, I personally couldn't try to work that through. Um, never say never. Never say never, but it would be a big challenge for me and like who I am as a person. I'll tell you that much. And she was clearly done. She was like, this happened. I'm out. Like she was like, you're I'm, I'm never speaking to you again. So she is about to be on Broadway. I'm so excited. I hope I get to go see her. I'm working in New York at the same time, I think, is when she is going. I don't know. I need to look at the dates, but I'm excited. So anyway, Rachel has a podcast, okay? And Rachel has this podcast and it's like, it's two episodes in. It made headlines because it was like, oh, she's going to spill everything. Yes, she is spilling anything, everything. Honestly, I would, I hope she has legal counsel 
I hope she has legal counsel. You need to be very careful with what you say about Bravo when you're in the Bra- when you're one of Bravo's people. She refused to come back for next season. She was, I think, not offered enough money, which is why she said no. Um, I don't actually know why she said no. I just know that that was something that people were talking about, like her co-stars. Um, but she decided not to go back. And all I will say is like, that's fine. You do you. I'm not shaming you for that what I am saying is you're here's the thing your podcast branding could have been a lot better I feel like publicly you've done what you've done you know you've clearly said you know you're not denying it you did do this I would have I would have lent leaned into that like leaned into like taking responsibility or accountability fuck up you do you know you you do something about it I would not be leaning into the space of like Rachel goes rogue what are you talking about you already went rogue you're not really going rogue now because you didn't come back for another season like your marketing behind it I don't understand which is fine that's your business you market how you decide here's the here's my bone to pick with it I here's why I would tell you it's not worth you listening to it especially if you're a Bravo fan the whole podcast is so heavily produced. She can't even, she's not even talking by herself. She's on the podcast. And I thought, okay, this will just be the first episode, which I was actually going to talk about this after the first episode aired the other week. But I was like, you know what? I don't want to come for someone's podcast. It's a hard space to break into and get listeners and get people to stay and come back for another episode. It really is. And I never want to come for another woman. And I I want to be clear. I am not. I'm simply saying I hope she comes through with maybe some more people who can give her better creative direction. Um. Because I feel like this could be a great outlet for her, a great a great way for her to pursue her career now that she's not going to be on reality TV. And I just feel like the way it is being produced is not going to be conclusive with a successful podcast because people want to hear you talk in a way where they feel confident in like you're hosting the podcast. Here's the thing. I've got these two producers asking questions. Like the whole thing is these two women asking her questions. They're clearly her podcast producers. You're never introduced to that. Like they're not like characters on the podcast. Like a great example of this is I can tell you the name of Lala Kent's assistant who is in the Bravo space. She has her own podcast. I can tell you the name of her assistant. Because her assistant is on the podcast. She brought her assistant on the podcast after, um, honestly, it was brilliant. And she's a character. She she is a person. She is a personality on the podcast. Her name is Jessica. I could tell you like five facts about Jessica's life. Like she has become a fixture on the podcast and has for a while. But she doesn't just like... Lala could have easily never made Jessica's name known, never like made Jessica's life a part of it. But she did because she knew if she just had someone asking her questions or probing the interview along, that it would sound weird. And it does. Like if you're going to have a co-host, have a co-host. If you're going to have someone ask you questions, make them a, a talk about who they are a bit you got to integrate it it's got to be organic it's got to be integrated when I tell you this Rachel goes rogue podcast is just 
these two female producers and like they're good at their job. I'm not knocking them. They're great at their job. They're asking good questions. They clearly know how to handle Rachel and ask things in a way where she doesn't shut down. Here's the thing. You're. You're. How is this sustainable? Is this all the podcast is going to look like as these two producers asking her questions about a scandal that she didn't wish to talk about publicly because she didn't go on back on another season? Like, I don't know. I feel like the marketing, how you've structured this is not sustainable. I hope I hope something happens as it is. Like, I would I never want no matter what you've done. That's not true. Like there are probably some really bad people, but I don't believe she's a terrible human being. Like she deserves to have a successful podcast if she can add worth to the space a hundred percent. And I'm sure she could figure out a way to do that. I just don't think this is it. And unfortunately I can't recommend the podcast because of it. I wish I could. I wish it was like you were the mistress. This is some badass podcast where you're like something about like owning mistakes or like learning from your crazy mistakes like you blew up your own life publicly I wish it was something to do with owning mistakes owning your own actions and like just kind of looking at it like look I effed up I don't know how else to look at it and I'm trying to be a different human being I am being a different human being this is what I've learned from it I feel like that would be such a successful podcast because then you know what you could do you could go on to interview every single person who has ever had the same volume of scandal you could go on to interview every single person who has ever been canceled and still has maybe a little bit of weight to them having some type of appeal like there would be such a space for that. And I feel like that hasn't been done. And she didn't do it. And I don't think that's her fault. I think she has a lot of um, voices around her. Like if I was in her position, if I did the same thing she did, that's exactly what I would do. It's like legit what I would do, like verbatim. So, and a podcast would have been one of the first things I did. Like I would, it would have been one of the first things I did. I wouldn't have spoken about what had happened immediately because legally I probably wouldn't have been able to so and to protect myself like everyone sues everyone these days I wouldn't have talked about it straight away I would have dived straight in I would have mentioned it here and there but when you come forward like and are just being asked question after question after question after question about a scandal that honestly people don't really care about anymore we don't really care about it anymore. And you're also not going to be on next season. And so it's just like, I don't know. I, I wish her all the best. I hope her podcast works out. Um, I didn't like the style of it. And I don't think many people did either. And it's not really popping off in terms of like it's not. She could really make headlines and she's not. So I hope I hope that changes for her. Because quite frankly, everyone else financially benefited off that scandal. And everyone except her. If anything, I feel like she lost money. So I really do hope she finds a way to be who she is and get some coin because she does she does deserve it. Like at the end of the day, there's not a world where the guy in this situation who was arguably doing the worst things gets to financially benefit and she doesn't. I think that's messed up. I'm always going to advocate for the woman. I just think that's messed up. Anyway, that's my thoughts on on that drama. He just enjoyed some some podcast tea. Okay, moving on, I'm going to do my run from men segment because something has happened in the crime space and I have to talk about it. Scott Peterson. If you don't know this case, this is the case of Lacey Peterson and their unborn son. 
Lacey was married to Peter. Okay. And basically, I think this happened in 2002. Basically, Lacey went missing one night, stayed missing. And it was like right before Christmas. I think it was December 24th. And um, Scott Peterson was arrested and charged with first degree murder of his wife and then second degree murder of their unborn son. And he was convicted in 2004. I believe they went missing in 2002 because. It, oh, that's right. It was December 24th, I believe. And then in 2003, like I've, I've watched I've listened to this case so much. I like know it off the top of my head. And then in 2003, um, the body of her unborn son and Lacey's body washed up on the shore. And, um, this took place in like the San Francisco Bay area. And, uh, in 2004, he was convicted. And in 2005, he was sentenced to death. And then he was later sentenced to life in prison without parole. So the death penalty was taken off the table. Um, he pled not guilty and his legal team have maintained his innocence and claimed he received an unfair trial. Wait for this is, this is what gets me. Because of a possible biased jury misconduct, his lawyers have previously claimed that a woman known as Juror 7 had not disclosed her involvement in other legal proceedings. I believe what this was is that the juror had lied when she said she had never been involved in a domestic violence case. And if you know how jury selection works, especially in the U.S., they ask you a series of questions. Like you get up on the stand one by one, like when you're called in for jury duty before they select, it's called jury selection, okay? They put you on the the stand, there's a judge in the room, and then both sides can ask you questions to determine if they both agree on you serving on this jury, and they'll ask you, like, if it's a if it's a criminal case about the murder of a mother and if your mother was murdered or if you have a friend whose mother was murdered, like you're not. No, that's seen as bias. You can't be on the jury because obviously you're already biased because you've experienced something like it. So they have to find every at person. Every single juror can't be biased in any way. So they ask probing questions, especially the defense um actually I don't know is the I think both sides ask questions I could be wrong about that I know that definitely the, the defense asked questions anyway I don't see why the prosecution wouldn't get to ask questions but whatever I'm not well versed on the criminal justice system when it comes to that side of things here's what I do know is that this this has been this has been like the main thing that he was convicted on was just that he went fishing and then got home and then like it took so much time for like the understanding that Lacey was missing and like he didn't really seem to care but at the same time like it's not like there was crazy hard-hitting evidence and so I do understand why this was a case of like Really, did he do it or really did he not do it? Here's what I will say. As of today, the Los Angeles Innocence Project has taken his case. What does this mean? It means that... It means that someone somewhere believes he, of of note, believes he did not do this. Which I always thought he did. I always was on the side of, like, I, I remember looking into this case and reading about it. And I think I watched a documentary about it. 
the group is seeking evidence from the original trial. So like they're looking to relook at everything. All I will say is like this family lost their daughter and their grandson. And while, yes, I believe an innocent man should never sit in in jail, this is going to be very hard for the family. So I don't know. This is going to be interesting. Um, And this is going to be very interesting to see how this unfolds, if it unfolds at all, because he was sentenced to life without parole. So like this is this is going to be this is going to be interesting. This is going to be interesting. I will say I don't know the nitty gritty of all like the evidence. I haven't reread up on that recently, but it must have. I really should. And maybe I'll let you guys know, because I I feel like there was a lack of evidence, but I feel like there was such strong circumstantial circumstances surrounding it that convinced the jury he was guilty. So anyway, that is the latest news. The Los Angeles Innocence Project has taken up his case and is seeking the evidence from the original trial. And it is based on this juror maybe having a biased opinion. And if you don't know how juries work, it is actually possible for a juror when they're going to deliberation after they hear everything to persuade everyone else. Like they discuss it, they talk about it. So it is possible, like it is, it is a factor. It's not like they're, they're pulling at hairs. If this really happened, if this is a thing, however, I will say of a case of this stature, like I, I would be surprised if a juror snuck through that was somehow and had experienced domestic violence or whatever it is. I would be surprised if that was able to happen because I do know that they look into jurors. So I don't, I don't know. This is going to be interesting how it unfolds. Again, I always thought that the conviction was accurate, like that he did do it. It just seemed like he was fishing and then the body was in the water. It was like, okay. And he didn't seem to care when the police turned up, like he was very nonchalant reportedly. So I don't know. I agreed with the original conviction. So this is going to, that's my personal opinion, but this is going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Very interesting. Um, And... I hope it's done with the least amount of pain and difficulty to the family of Lacey because it's I can't even begin to imagine how hard that would be after all these years. This was like his conviction was 2005, so we're basically talking 20 years later. That's hard. That's really difficult. So I'll keep you updated on this. I'll let you know what happens. Anyway, that is my run from men for today. I'm excited to have my co-host on for my run from men podcast. My co-host and I are excited. She's yet to come on the podcast and do these segments with me, but I'm hoping to get her started very soon. Very soon. The world's crazy right now. Everyone is so busy. It's bananas. Anyway, guys, I love you. I apologize for the insanity that was this week. Um, is the podcast that was recorded Wednesday being released today the same day? Sure. Like you're getting two podcasts in one day. Like, I think that's great. Whatever. The more the merrier. I apologize. This isn't a normal thing. It won't happen a bunch. But unfortunately, we just had problem after problem this week. And I won't bother you with them. But... I'm unwell because of them. So anyway, Karma and I thank you for listening. We love you. 
as always, don't do anything I wouldn't do, but it gives you a lot of wiggle room. So like, you'll be fine. I love you all. And I'll talk to you tomorrow. And I promise I will talk to you tomorrow. Pinky swear. Okay. Love you. Bye.